Ion 2020 episode 162. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, and this is Ion 2020. It's a libertarian spin on the 2020 elections. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate all those that continue to come out every single day and listen to the show. I'm putting together a new show for you guys Monday through Friday, and my goal is to just help you to be a little bit more informed on the candidates, their positions, their policies, and whatever else, little tidbits of information I could find for you, because that's what I do every day. I kind of scour the news, just trying to find something that's going to tweak your interest or pique your interest I guess in order to make sure that you know when you're talking with your friends family members and everyone else that's out there you can have some little bit of information that maybe can help them to be moved towards that libertarian what we're trying to do is sprinkle seeds right that's what I try to do I try to sprinkle seeds around that maybe one day will grow into somebody's desire to uh, love liberty and I think that we need to challenge people's idea of what they think about the government and their relationship to the government and if we can do that, then we could probably start changing some hearts and minds as well. And that'll actually change the way that government is done. Because when you have thousands upon thousands of people that are demanding more liberty out of their government and less stuff from their government, I think at that point, we start getting candidates that'll start pandering to us, right? So I just think that's an interesting thing. And uh, I just want to make sure that if I'm putting this show out every single day, you know, at least, you, at least we can start changing some hearts and minds. I've been really, really exhausted lately, and uh, hopefully the shows have not uh, shown that. But <laughs> I've just, uh, I've been exhausted lately, so I'm not going to make this too long of an episode. It is Friday, and you guys have a, a weekend ahead of you. I actually, uh, if you're listening to this on a Friday, I'm actually probably sitting at the beach by now, hanging out with a margarita, or a cocktail of some sort, or a beer, I don't know. But, um, hanging out in Daytona Beach this weekend, so I should be, uh, there down my, by this point now, when you're listening, I'll probably be hanging out with my family and, uh, sitting on the beach, hopefully have my toes in the sand, my, my, uh, ass in the water, toes in the sand type things, whatever, you know, or ass in the lawn chair, toes in the sand, isn't that one of those songs, a country song that I, that I really like to listen to, but, uh, that's what I'll hopefully be doing. And so I'm not going to make this one too long, but I found a pretty interesting article from Forbes.com and it talks about the candidates that are on the Democratic ticket, right? And it says, it's how charitable are the 2020 presidential candidates? And it gets into, this is by Chase Peterson Whitthorn or Whitthorn, and uh, he's part of the Forbes staff for the money and politics section. And all of the candidates on the Democratic ticket, oh, you know what, before I get into that, let me go ahead and say this. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. It's your first time listening. The reason why I ask is just, uh, you know, it'll, if you want to hear the show on Monday, if you want to hear the shows, the previous shows, if you subscribe, you'll hear the shows on Monday. And then you could also scroll through, find some shows you might be interested in, listen to those as well. And then if you've been listening for a while, 
and you haven't given me a five-star rating and review yet, well, I know there's tons of y'all out there, so go ahead and do it. Uh, hit me up with some five-star ratings. If you give me a review, I will read that on the show. I think it's really important. If you don't want me to read it on the show, that's fine. Uh, give me a little leave a little symbol that says not to read it on the show, I guess, or you can email me and tell me not to read it on the show. And you can do that at ray at iontheempire.com. But, um, I, you know, I just really would love to see more people that would give me that five-star rating and review if you can. And then uh, if you want to follow me, Facebook, you can type in I on the Empire on Facebook and Twitter and on Minds, and you can follow anything that I post there, as well as uh, the website, iontheempire.com yeah, website as well. Uh, so check those out, and then you could also support the show if you want to do, and that would be at anchor.fm slash ion2020. You can also go to the website iontheempire.com. There's a little support section there, and if you wanted to support me in the show, you can do that as well. Uh, if you like what you hear, you must really, really like you, what you hear if you're going to support the show as well. But five-star ratings are always helpful as well. That's something that uh, really helps me to get more numbers added to the listenership. And that's the one thing that all podcasters want is more listeners, right? I know I do. So, uh, But hey, guys, the article that I found in Forbes, and it just says, How charitable are the 2020 presidential candidates? And all of the candidates, they release their tax returns, and except for Donald Trump. Donald Trump has not released his tax returns uh, since 2000, I don't know, the 2016 election, he refused to, and he, he still refuses to now. But most of the candidates, they usually traditionally have released their tax returns, and all these candidates did as well. And one of the line items on there is how much cash you donated to charity, your philanthropic approach, I guess, like, or philanthropic approach to life, I guess. And uh, so if you're a philanthropist and you give a lot of money to people, people notice that stuff. And uh, one of the things it says is that these candidates on the 2020 ticket, especially the Democrats, they do not give a lot of charity at all. And let me go through the article with you real fast. It says, the, pre- the 2020 presidential candidates live comfortably. They're nearly all millionaires, which is true. They're all millionaires. And uh, even two of them are billionaires. Yet they're not exactly the most the most uh, the most charitable people. <laughs> and that's that's true. I mean, you got people that are, these people are millionaires. They're politicians and they're millionaires, guys. Just keep that in mind, okay? And uh, I mean, you got like Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren's a college professor, yet she's a millionaire. Cory Booker, he's been a politician all his life, yet he's a millionaire. So how do you think they got those millions in the first place? Um, I would say a little bit of cronyism is going on there. That's pretty typical, especially when you're a politician, because most of these politicians are going to try to get some kind of sweetheart deals and stuff like that from their constituencies or from different people uh they get you know they're pretty much living off the living off the um living off of other people in some ways and and especially as politicians but they're also trying to you know line their own pockets and when nearly everybody in congress and everybody in the senate is a millionaire and making millions upon millions of dollars, even though they're only making, what, 200 and something thousand dollars as a congressperson, yet somehow they keep on making all that money. So there's a lot of cronyism that goes on there, a lot of buying votes and stuff like that. Hey, we're going to give you a little sweetheart deal. You can buy some stocks and bonds and get some future contracts and stuff like that. You can get land contracts and everything else, and we're going to do it cheap for you because you are the congressman from XYZ state, right? So anyway, you got all these candidates that are running. You got 23 of them, and all of them are millionaires. Two of them are billionaires, right? And it says, um, nearly every candidate who releases tax returns has given away less than 5% of their income by our count. 
often lagging average Americans in the same tax brackets. So when you look at the average person that is a millionaire or making over $250,000 a year, and we're, and I kind of look at it from a people that are making um, around $250,000 a year or less, right? But on average, I guess people are giving about 8 or 9% of their income away. And Republicans seem like they give more away. I was doing a little bit of research on this as well. Republicans seem like they give a little bit more away. People that are declared Republicans, people are, are people that are more conservative in their views, especially if they're not conservative state, they tend to give a lot away a lot more of their income. Some of that is going to church. That's true. But they also do say that those people will give away more of their money. Now, maybe it's a psychological thing where Republicans, you know, feel like the government shouldn't take care of people. But that means it falls on them to be responsible to help take care of those people. That could be true. And then the Democrats, on the other hand, are going to give a lot less away. And they said, especially in like the um, the more liberal states as well, that they're going to give, that they're going to give less of their money away. And maybe that's because they just feel like, hey, you know what? The government's taking care of them as it is. So um, my tax money is going to do just enough. I'm not sure exactly what the psychology is, but on the Democratic ticket, all these candidates they are giving away less than 5% of their income by our count. Often lag, lagging average Americans in the same tax brackets. In dollar terms, their own known giving seems impressive, $198 million. Until you consider that 98% of that comes from the billionaire Tom Steyer, who's running, and uh, who has given $193 million to three of his own charities according to the latest files so this guy gave 193 million so that would be all but five million of those dollars that are that all the candidates together have given to charity so the other 22 have given around five million dollars each to charity so let's go through those numbers as well it's just interesting to look at i think to be honest because it just shows like the Democrats are always talking about they're going to be the ones that are going to be taking care of the poor, helping the poor. We want, we care about people. We care about senior citizens. We care about this group. We care about that group. Yet, when it really comes down to it, when they, when when you're really going to put your money where your mouth is, they don't dig in their pockets to give any of that money away that they have. They're millionaires, yet they're not willing to give more than 2 or 3% of their money to charity. And let's get into the numbers and see, okay? The most charitable 2020 hopeful in terms of percentage income donated was Cory Booker. The Newark mayor turned U.S. senator has given $485,000 over the past decade. So that's $48,000 a year, according to his tax returns. About half of that income came in, or half of that came in 2013, when he donated some $130,000 in cash and another $130,000 of stock in a in American Tower Corporation and Russian search engine Yandex to New Jersey charities. Every other year, his tax returns show gifts of around 2 to, and 16%. So somewhere he's in the rounds of 2 to 16%. So and uh, But he gave, one of the years, he gave $260,000 in stock and in cash to a couple different charities around New Jersey. I wonder what was going on around 2013 that made him do that, or what happened in 2013? Did he have a book deal or something that he was able to give a bunch of money away? I'm not sure. So he's the most charitable of them. Then you got Joe Biden and his wife. They donated just about $70,000 of charity in two decades leading up to 2017. Wow, that's amazing. So since 1997, they've donated $70,000 in total to charity. 
but when they're skyrocketed when their earnings skyrocketed in 2017 so they're giving that year they handed more than one million dollars or about nine percent of their income to 26 charities including their families Bo biden foundation and protect the children or for the protection of children in the joseph biden foundation so two hundred fifty thousand dollars of that uh so a quarter of that went to their own foundations in the first place that's interesting to look at right these guys give a lot of their stuff away but or they don't give a lot away but when they do they seem like they're giving it to their own little foundations as well very interesting guys very interesting but when you get down to it they're showing that these people are giving away you know two three four percent at the most uh, they're getting their butts whipped by a lot of other you know the, the national average is around like six or seven percent i think um the worst of them was like beto o'rourke and um tim ryan Jave just twelve thousand dollars away in the last uh 10 years he got that's 0.7 percent of his earnings he got beto o'rourke 2008 2017 so about 10 years Gave away a total of about $24,000 after earning $3.4 million in earnings. And then uh, you got Pete Buttigieg, who's like the least charitable in dollars. He gave about $8,000 in 10 years away. So uh, he's, they say, the least charitable. But it really comes down to this, guys. It seems a little bit hypocritical to me when you are somebody who's running for office talking about taking other people's wealth to give to other people right when you're not willing to dig into your own pocket in order to give it to other people to me it just seems hypocritical and it's the it's the democrats that are always talking about that that they want to make sure that they take care of the poor they want to help out the poor that they want to do this and they want to do that but what they really mean is that they want to take away the money from this group and give it to that group because somehow that this group does not deserve it but that group does deserve it and they're not willing to put their money where their their money where their mouth is by giving out that money on their own and that drives me crazy that really drives me crazy this is not a republican or a democratic thing i don't care about either group conservatives though do tend to be more charitable and there's several articles that i found on that but um it's unknown exactly why the conservatives are more charitable than the dem or than the liberals are but it really comes down to the fact that one group believes that the government is there to take care of everybody i think that's the psychological reason and then you have another group who believes that people should take care of themselves right and take care of each other if they need to and that's what it really comes down to is a psychological thing um if you did get rid of the government in the welfare state and all the different things that go on within the welfare state both corporate welfare and um welfare for like the poor i do think that if it wasn't coming down to everyone being dependent on the government people would step up especially charities would step up and people would step up to make charitable contributions to help out the poor and stuff but um that we're a long ways from that though guys we are a long ways from that and it's just really important that we do realize as libertarians that there are is some good coming out of that idea of self-sufficiency that's on the republican side i guess or on that conservative side i hate to say republican and conservative at the same in the same breath because you do have 
there's a slight difference between a, like a true conservative in the sense that in a Republican, there's those neoconservatives that believe in war and all that, but there's different ways that you can describe those people. But um, that is the hypocrisy of the left is what I wanted to talk about today. That is the hypocrisy of the left. When you want to take care of the poor, but you don't want to put your money where your mouth is. I think that's really interesting. Now, I do want to beat up on the right a little bit as well. And the right, when I say that, I want to beat up on the Republicans a little bit as well. And the reason why is because there is hypocrisy on that side also. And this is where I get at with this. America is $23 trillion in debt, and Donald Trump continues to run up the debt. Yet conservatives and Republicans that are supporting Donald Trump do not say a single thing about the trillion-dollar deficit that he's running. They don't bring it up. They're not willing to talk about it. And that is completely hypocritical because there was a time when Republicans and conservatives did believe in the idea of fiscal responsibility. Now, did they, did they actually hold to that standard? No. But at least they talked about it. At least they gave it some sort of lip service so it would make the evening, evening news every once in a while. It does not happen anymore. And that is hypocritical completely. That just because Donald Trump's in office, it, you rationalize it and you reason it away and say that it's okay that they're running trillion-dollar deficits and that there's no fiscal responsibility within Washington. There is no fiscal responsibility within Washington right now. And that is going to bankrupt this country. That is going to ban bankrupt our children and our grandkids. And it's very important that we stand up to these people and make them understand that, no, this is not right. We need to stop. We need to have a little bit of reason here and start tackling this idea that trillion-dollar deficits are okay. But conservatives aren't doing it, and Republicans aren't doing it. And that's the hypocrisy of the right. So the left, yeah, they have their hypocrisy too, but the right just does just as much as well. You know, the, the Democrats are just as hypocritical as the Republicans, just in different ways, guys. And that is why, as libertarians, it's great to stand outside of this whole scenario and watch, laugh, and cry about it, okay? Because the things that they're doing are, are terrible for this country, tearing apart this country, and we're just able to sit back and, and see it for, from an objective standpoint. And I think that's the great thing about being a libertarian. Now, the other great thing about being a libertarian is the fact that we can start to grow, grow this movement so much. I mean, there's no, nowhere else to go but up, guys. We've been... We had the Ron Paul revolution going on back in 2008 and 2012. Before that, no one even knew what a libertarian was, and now a lot of people do know what a libertarian was, so we do have some momentum on our side. Now the, the libertarian movement in some ways seems like it's been shrinking over the last couple of years. That's true, but we do have a lot of voices out there. We have a lot more podcasters out there now. We have a lot more people that are in the mainstream now. I mean, I mean, you, we have great content to direct people towards not only this show but we have like the tom woods out there we have dave smith if you want a little bit of comedy with it you have the lions of liberty you have lots and lots of different organizations out there i mean you even have like the cannabis heals me podcast where rachel takes a a libertarian look at a lot of things you have you know the culinary libertarian you have you know culture of peace podcast like there's tons and tons of great pieces of content out there right 
I mean, even like I, I listened to like the Whitfield report and that guy's out there. I mean, he's not a, he's not like a, a far, you know, a, a, a anarchist libertarian or anything like that, but he definitely has those libertarian leanings and that's good. Like we have people that are for everybody. Like we have people that we have the libertarian messaging out there for the people that are new to the libertarian movement, right down to the people that have fallen all the way down that rabbit hole and everywhere in between. Like we are in a situation right now where there's like a renaissance in some ways of things that we, you know, information about libertarianism and the libertarian philosophy and just the idea that limited government is a good thing. You know, like we, we have, there's lots of ways we're able to find us now. In 2000, 2000, or not 2009, in 1999, when I became a libertarian, I had a hard time finding anything that had to do with libertarian ideals. I mean, there was very few websites that I could find. Like, there wasn't the good search engines back then. And it was just hard to find anything. And it was hard to be, get studied up on this stuff. But it's there now. All we got to do is direct people to it. All we got to do every day is get out there and plant seeds, okay? Plant seeds. Because there's hypocrisy on the left, just like there's hypocrisy on the right. There's hypocrisy in the Republican Party and in the Democratic Party. But when you look at the Libertarian Party, sometimes you'll see that hypocrisy. They're, like, they'll... They'll take the libertarian light guy that's popular in order to become, have that person run for president. But you know what? It gets people into the movement. It gets, it gets us on, it gets the libertarian message onto CNN and NBC and ABC so that you can get people directed towards that rabbit hole of libertarianism. Because once you embrace it, man, once you embrace it, once you start to understand that freedom is the best way to live, that people interacting with with each other in a non-aggressive way, once you start to understand those things, once you start to realize that, you know, you can, you should have the ability to have the right to do what you want to as long as you don't infringe upon someone else's rights. You know, and, and when, we, when we think about liberta- the libertarian message of limited government, like once you start to realize that and you start to understand it, I mean, it is just... It is just liberating to realize those things, man. It really is. You start to understand it and you're just like, holy cow, how did I not see this all my life? That's how people feel when they, when they get, when they come across this libertarian message. They start to realize, holy cow, all these people, you know, all, all my life I've been someone that believes that the government should go out there and, and wage war across the world so that we can spread the, liber- spread the message of freedom and democracy. And then you start to realize that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. They're not spreading freedom and democracy. They're causing more people to hate us and causing more blowback when they're doing those things, when they're intervening in other people's countries. You start to realize that and you stay, you know, you start, the, the blinders come off at that point, man. Once you, once you understand libertarianism, those blinders start to come off. And that's a good thing. But all we got to do is start directing people towards the good messengers and the good messages. There's lots of there's lots of great information out there. So let's start directing people towards those great messengers and then you know, then we're going to start seeing this libertarian movement grow even more. You can be that small messenger. You can be the one that plants the seeds and then you can also be the one that kind of gives them a roadmap that can help them 
in the to see just how great the philosophy of libertarianism is all right um but yeah anyway guys i hope that you enjoyed the show today enjoy your weekend it's friday nothing you can do except uh you know relax hopefully but if you do work then you know just don't work too hard and then you could come on back on monday and you'll have clear vision for 2020